And I was thinking, okay, Lord, if that's true, then the next wonder would be his predestination of us. You're not here by accident. This is all his plan. Then I, you can see what verse I'm going through in Romans here. Then, what kind of wonder would it be that he called me to salvation? Effectively called me to salvation. On the very day he said I'd be saved. That day that I gave my life to Jesus Christ did not throw him into a tizzy. I was called the day I was supposed to be called. Oh, and by the way, another wonder that I didn't write down, the fact that he has ministering spirits, which are angels, this is Hebrews 1.14, ministering to me and to you, to those who will inherit salvation. I never could imagine that he would assign angels to watch over me till the day I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And even possibly after that. You talk about wonders. We're talking about a whole dimension we can't see. And what about this wonder? Being justified. You talk about a miraculous thing. God justified you. He pronounced you innocent of all crime, of all iniquity, of all sin. And how did he prove that, by the way? Another wonder? He came out of the grave. That sealed your your justification. The resurrection of Christ. The fact that the grave can't hold him. Talk about a wondrous God. What about his forgiveness towards you? Think about this. and Think about all the things you've done in your life. The sins you've committed knowingly, even the sins you've committed out of omission, those things you don't know that you did. And he cleaned the slate to where now he would say there's no condemnation. And what does that mean, by the way? Romans 8.1. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know what? who's saying that? Who's saying that? Paul? Ah, God's saying, I can't find anything. I can't find any sin in you. Now, who in their right mind would walk away from a God like this? Who in their right mind would not want a God like this? Okay? What about his redemption of you? Bought and paid for by his blood. Right? That's amazing. You talk about wonder. Who would ever come up with a plan that somebody would give his blood and purchase another soul forever? Well, here's a big one. This is my thoughts this week. The fact that he lives in you. The Spirit of God lives in you. The the mystery revealed is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where does Jesus live? In us. By his Spirit. Now, him, in his part of the Godhead, he's at the right hand of the Father. But, But the Spirit is in us. What? Leading us to Christ. Teaching us the Word. Comforting us, count, giving us counsel. He's the one that makes it possible to live in this cesspool of sin, this world. Now, for followers of Christ, wonder begins and ends with Jesus Christ. 
His blood shed for our salvation, His forgiveness, His redemption, the believer's eternal security. No one can see these wonderful things for what they really are without God's supernatural help. And, and, and so here's the psalmist then. Let me go back here. Here's the psalmist and they love this. Verse 18. We see, we haven't got very far. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Unless the Lord opens our eyes, we don't see these things in the scriptures. Don't you want your eyes open? Don't you want to see these, you know, these wonderful things so that you can get over to the next part where he says in verse 27, make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. Now the psalmist, he's declaring his need for the word of God. Look what he says here, because we're going to work through this. Look at verse 19. What does he say? I'm a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks or my soul is crushed with longing for your judgments at all times. I'm a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. So the psalmist is like, when I see this, you know, I think of living among sinful people. When I read this verse, I'm thinking about this. Lord, we live among sinful people surrounded by the vanity of the world's joys and and in the heart I know that I don't belong here. Sometimes I ask God, why am I still here? You know, and I know why. Uh, I'm here for us. You're here for me. I'm here for my family. We're here for one another. Or God would just take us home. You think of first, go to first Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles 29. And we'll go to verse 15 when you get there. For we are all aliens, or we are all sojourners, or temporary residents. We are transients, temporary residents in an even more temporary sense. We are aliens, or we are pilgrims. And pilgrims before you, and we're as were all our fathers, our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. They were said here in Chronicles. Look at Psalm 39, verse 12. And we read there Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with with you a sojourner as all my fathers were. Of course, you know where this is going to lead to is Hebrews 11. You go back here to Hebrews chapter 11 and verses 13 through 16 there. Get my pages not to stick together. Hebrews 11 Starting verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. 
And truly, if they had called into mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Why, why isn't God, why isn't he ashamed to call them, uh, to be called their God? Why? Because they're looking for what? They're looking for heaven. They're looking for something better. You know, I hope you're a, a person, a believer that is not got your tent stakes so deep in the ground here that you're tied to the world. I hope you're just passing through. I hope you're not so stuck in the world, so part of the world system that you've forgotten that you're a pilgrim. That your citizenship is in heaven. If we were more heavenly minded, I think it would be great. I heard some people say, well, we shouldn't be so heavenly minded. Yes, we should be. Should be thinking about where we're going. Because my true home is not here. I'm just a foreigner. I'm just an alien. I'm just passing through. I'm just a pilgrim. And so I don't want to be tied to this world, you know. I, you cannot expect to be at home in this world. And if you are, well, uh, it's an indication that you really do not belong to Christ. Or at least you aren't living for Him. You can't be tied to the world and have the Lord also. There's not room enough in your spirit to love Him and the world at the same time. And so here's the psalmist. Again, as he says that, I'm a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. I need your word. I need your word to get through this place. The psalmist cry, I need your, your, your commandments. I need them before me. They are a light to my path. I, I need it. I'm passing through. Please, Lord, make yourself known to me. Make your word be known to me. He says in 19, hide not thy commandments from me. Because we're in a strange land, we need God's guidance. I cannot go into tomorrow without the word of God. It's too hard to live in this world and not have the scriptures before me. Think of Psalm 18. Back up here to Psalm 18. And the psalmist here in verse 30 says, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. It is a shield to all who trust Him. A shield to all who trust Him. Listen to that. I need the word of God to protect myself from the garbage that's out here. Okay, you you understand, you see it. But like the psalmist, we, we must desire that word. Look at verse 20. My soul breaks. It's crushed in with longing. How many of us long for the word of God like that? Like I'm just out of place if I can't be in it, if I can't hold it in my hands, if I can't see it. If I can't meditate on it, if I can't learn from it, I'm just lost without the Word of God. It's the road map to wisdom. It's, it's, it's everything in it. I, it has everything I need. It is sufficient for all things. And he says, he says, <coughs> excuse me, my soul breaks with longing 
for your judgments all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed, or the cursed, who stray from your commandments. This is what God does. What's God do to the person that strays from his word? He rebukes them. That's what he says. You rebuke the proud. The proud one that thinks he doesn't need the word of God anymore. Folks, don't think you can't fall into a place where you say, I don't need God's word. I can do this on my own strength. Don't become prideful where God rebukes you. Okay? You rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. Remove from me reproach. What's reproach? Fault finding? Above, uh, is reproach would be fault? Right? Or judgment? But more like fault. If it says, the scripture says we're above reproach, we're above condemnation, we're above, uh, so remove from me reproach and what? Contempt. What's contempt? How do you have contempt for something? You despise it, okay? So remove from me reproach and contempt. For, for what? what? What's the, what's the, what are we talking about here? God's word. Okay? Remove anything in me that is bitter towards your word or angry towards your word or finds fault with your word. For I have kept your testimonies. Now think about what the psalmist saying here. I princes also sit and speak against me. But your servant meditates on your statutes. They hate me. It's like the world hates me because I love you. The world hates me because I love your word. But that's okay. It's like the psalmist, uh, I'm, I'm fine with that because your testimonies also are what? My delight. And this. Oh boy, it's not just the delights in the word of God. And my counselors. Okay, listen to what he just said there. Then I'll say this. The word is sufficient, even for counsel. Okay? I don't need to go to the world for advice. I don't need to go to the world and get and find out what they think. I don't need to go to the world and see what's okay. I don't need to go to the world for anything. Why? Because this is sufficient. Now, if we don't think it is, I mean, we'll spend money. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> it's crazy. We live in a crazy world. You'll spend money on how to get happy. Really? We'll put counselors around us. Oh, I'm just in despair. Help me to be happy. You know where that's going to come from? Here. Okay? How do you, how do you get joy? Where do you get joy? Where do you get rejoicing from? Where you, all that comes from the Lord and the Word of God. We run to the world for help. And this will pick up if that doesn't work. And then we'll start saying, Lord... Please help me. Well, why don't you run here first? Because here, this is sufficient. This is my counselor. What's the Holy Spirit in you? A comforter and a... Do you really believe that? Do we believe that? There's coming a time pretty soon on this earth where all those things, those things we run to in the world, you're not going to be able to afford them. 
It's going it's, to be a different world here in 10 years. And you, it would help us and help you if we started looking to this word and everything I need to be found in it. And this is where I have myself. And I start believing in the God that it talks about and what he says he can do and what he says he does. Amen? I mean, if not, why are we here? What's the point? If this word is not looked at as something majestic and it's not, you know, and something I delight in and and I and I dwell in, I don't know, then why come here? Why why not find just a place out there and some denomination or some false religion or something that makes me feel good? Makes my gratifies my flesh. This is what we need, folks. The psalmist knows that. God knows it. You and I should know it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. I thank you that your testimonies are my delight. I thank you, Father, that my whole life is built around this. And I can say that, and these folks can say that too. I thank you for the gift of your word. And I am so sad it took me many years to figure out it was for me. And you were writing to me. You weren't writing just stories about what happened in the past. You were giving me examples to live by. You were giving me a word that I could talk to you through and pray and pray through and uh, you give me a word that I can understand you and know you. You show me who you are. You show me what you expect of me. You show me, Lord, what you've given me. You show me all the things that that would be would make us complete. And I'm thankful for that, Father. I'm thankful, Father, for your word has done, is doing, and will do. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Oh, taking my chocolate milk.